Welcome to the Digital Investors Podcast with Matt and Liz Rad, where we explore how you can invest in the new digital economy with expert interviews, proven strategies, and stories of success. Get inspired to grow your portfolio for the future. G'day everyone, it's Matt Rad here, and today I'm really excited to welcome back Joe Valley from Quiet Light website brokerage. Joe, Joe is one of the co-founders of Quiet Light, and he's got some fantastic insights for us that he shared at a recent boot camp of ours. And so I've asked Joe to come back and share with our wider digital investor community um, some of the updates that are happening out there in the marketplace with buying and selling websites. But in particular, with we're going to have a look at what we teach here at the eBusiness Institute, content websites, and some of the biggest sales that Joe's seen happen recently and some of the trends that are happening in that marketplace. So thanks, Joe, for coming back and doing this interview. Good to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me back, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we, we had a great weekend at the boot camp. The feedback was just awesome on your session. Everyone loved hearing some of these insights straight from, you know, like, you know, the, the what do you call it from the coal face? I guess I don't want to call it a coal face, but you know, straight from the the market, direct from the market. Saying I have a cold face. What are you saying? No, I'm, I'm, no, it's a saying we say. Translation thing. I don't get it. Yeah, it's a, but um, it was it was amazing session to hear. I think it really opened the eyes for some of our guys because we, as you saw at our event, we've got you know a lot of our community are building these content sites because they're, they're a pretty simple site to build as opposed to say e-commerce websites mm-hmm. and I was, I was thinking can we can we kick it off with over this 10 let's say over the last 10 years with the marketplace let's do a quick update i'm um, looking back over quiet light where the sort of deals you're doing 10 years ago and fast mm-hmm. forward to now into 2022 and particularly with what happened last year um can, can you give us a bit of an update there yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I started in April of 2012 doing what I'm doing here quite a lot. I sold my own uh, e-commerce business yep. in late 2010, took a year off, joined the team in 2012. And if I look back to 2013, which is my first full calendar year, I closed 23 transactions personally, which is nuts, yeah, right? Uh, the average advisor does like 10. But I was able to do it because a lot of them were so much smaller. You know, the average deal size back then might have been $125,000, some of them as low as, you know, $5,000. So, you know, turning them over and doing them fairly quickly was uh, much easier back then. Uh, Fast forward to 2021, our average or median deal size was $1.8 million. Insane. Uh, we closed, uh, we, we were set to close just under 250 million in total transactions. 40 million of it got bumped to Q1 of this year in 2022. So we did about 210 million in total transactions uh, with a median deal size of 1.8 million. It's really stunning. Wow. That, that is a stunning, like stunning growth, isn't it, for any industry? And and in terms of like, how many brokers do you have now? So, you know, you started back then, but how many brokers do you have on board at Quiet Light now? Yeah, back then it was Jason Yellowitz, who's the original entrepreneur turned advisor. Oh, yeah. That's the model we have here. Jason was my advisor back in 2010. And then yeah. I joined the team Then shortly after Amanda. And then we puttered around for a few years and then sort of hit the gas in 2015 and 16. And fast forward again to Today, we've got a total of 15 advisors that are wow. on the team now. 
Um, yeah. And I think six of them joined in the last 15 months. So it's, it's been a, a, a hectic uh, 15 months or so. Okay, so massive growth, particularly in these last couple of years, but basically everything's 10x. So with so your average website deal size, yeah, gone from around that 100K up to 1.88 mil now. And mm-hmm. we notice when we look on the Quiet Light website, um, which we suggest you do, go and have a look. It's pretty impressive. You know, you've got multiple um, websites for sale way bigger than 1.8 mil. There's a couple of 20 mils and 15, 15 mil deals now. That, yeah, that it's they, nuts. I know you said the median's 1.8, but you do have quite a few that are bigger than that as well. Yeah, yeah. The largest we've closed to date is 25 million. We did a couple in that range. Uh, it was on a valuation call today where somebody's doing uh, 13 million in discretionary earnings, Matt. 13 million. <laughs> In discretionary earnings. And that what sort of a be, website? I have to ask. What sort of a website? Uh, it's a physical products business. It's actually an Amazon okay. business. So yeah. it's an e-com. 13 um, mil. 13 mil. So, you know, we're talking easily 100 million in, in, yeah. in that particular transaction if we take it on. Wow. Um, content, <laughs> content site-wise, yeah. the largest that we've closed is, is uh, Victor's, right? Just under 9 million. Yep. Still the record to date. Uh, yeah. but I, I love, I love content sites. Our team loves selling content sites. They're just, it, it, it's, it's such a difference between content and e-commerce. When somebody fills out the valuation form and we look at it yeah. and it says, what's your revenue? A uh, million dollars. Yeah. What niche are you in? Amazon or e-commerce? We know that maybe 20% discretionary earnings, right? If they're doing oh, a million yeah. bucks, yeah. maybe they do 200,000 in discretionary earnings. When it's yeah. content, we know yeah. it's at least 80%. So if they're doing a million in revenue on content, it's yeah. 80%, you know, and, and they're, they're yeah. just, they don't last. Buyers really love them. You know, we, we always that, get multiple offers on the content. Yeah. That, that is that guys listening, that, that is brilliant right there. So, cause for a minute there, Jay, you, you nearly proved me wrong again. I have myself vaguely doubting myself. I'm hearing 13 mil discretionary earnings and it's an Amazon FBA. So I'm thinking <laughs> e-commerce, I'm thinking, oh, should I be teaching people how to do that? But we don't. It's do a food blogging site. They're just working on recipes. That's no, what kidding. we want. Yeah. Not at yeah. All. We'll keep it don't simple prove you like wrong. we've always, we've always done. And because e-commerce is your background, isn't it as well? It, right? it technically it is, but I built my e-commerce site off the you know the back yeah. of content, right? I, yeah. I I met with. Uh, we'll keep this short. We won't go too far into the weeds here. But I I had a colon cleansing product that I sold on radio, <laughs> then a t- TV infomercial, <laughs> and figured I'd take it 100 yeah. on my line. And my website developer said, "Just write good quality content." I'm like, David, it's a colon cleansing product. How much can you write about that? <laughs> <laughs> we we morphed it into a digestive wellness center. So oh. supplements, probiotics, digestive yeah. enzymes, a, a, a complete vitamin line and everything. So he said, just write good quality content. And Google will reward you. I didn't know how to cheat. I didn't know black or gray had SEO. So that's all we did over a five-year period. We wrote good quality content, one to two lengthy articles every month on all the digestive ailments. And by the time I sold it in 2010, Google did reward me. So yes, it was e-commerce, but built on the backs of content. On the back of content. So so that's also really, really fantastic advice there. And and that I think... See, back then, it's easy to understand content sites for people and it's low risk for them to, particularly if you're a beginner and you want to make money online, I think content sites are the easiest way to get into this game. And then to hear stories like off yourself now, you know, 10 years later, 
and see this market grow and realize, wow, there is big exits for content sites. They're not just something. And and like you at, at the bootcamp, here's a great example. One of our beginner students, Lisa, you met her. You know, she bought that little basic Amazon review site. There's a review site for two thousand right. dollars, making two hundred bucks a month. The classic kind of site that we get everyone to start on. And now she's built it up to, as you heard there, you know, thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars a month income. And like you said, you as a broker, how would you value that based on that? You know, eighty percent or twenty percent discretionary earnings. It's um, uh, n- now you're asking me to do math, so I'm going to break out yeah, the calculator. Yeah. But if she's doing thirty-five thousand a month, if if that was annualized, right? She's not. Yeah. It, it's not annualized yet. But if if she was doing that, I mean, we're looking at four hundred twenty thousand times eighty percent times, let's just say, a broad range of three to four times. Let's put it right at yeah. three point five. She's at 1.176 million, I'd say, in terms of value, especially because of the kind of growth that she's had. She's doing it right. She's, she's adding good quality yep. content on yep. a regular basis. And she bought it right. I mean, yeah. $200 a month, uh, that's $2,400, yep. yet she bought it yep. for 2000 bucks. That's less than a one-time multiple. She yep. had instant equity when she bought it. She didn't know it, but good, good for yep. her to keep it and grow it the way she yeah. has. That, that was, she bought that three or four years ago. So that was before... COVID. So she's been, go Lisa, she's been very, she's very driven, very consistent. She wanted to learn this and she just stuck at it. She actually learned on another smaller site and um, it worked. And so she just applied it to that one. You see, that's, I think probably what you teach, that's the key to content, right? Is that you have to yep. stick with it. It's not instant yes. gratification. You can't buy media and drive traffic and, and, and generate sales immediately like you could on Amazon or in a yep. Shopify store. Yeah. This is building good quality content over time and, and getting rewarded. So that's a really good point, actually. Thank you for, I because I, I take them for granted. I, and, you know, it's obviously we say it's not a get rich quick thing, but can I ask you in just general broad stroke terms, say for some of these really big, let's have a look at some of these really big content sites that you've sold. How old are they generally? So people... Just think about the sites and the owners and not how old are the owners, but how old are the websites in general when you get into a seven-figure content website sale? Yeah, we, we, I don't have the exact statistics, but we talked about one on our last call that is in the food and recipe area that uh, looks like it sold for around $4 million. And that was actually a 12-year-old content site. And, um, but just tremendous growth in the last three years. So kind of, I think they probably messed around for a long time, time. sort of dabbled in it and then got serious like Lisa is and, and really started to write good quality content on a regular basis and really started to monetize the site. So that's what, and that's what we, Joe, we're here, we're really big on teaching people. Life is like a graph. We, We studied zoology at uni, Liz and I, and we learned about the exponential graph. And we found with websites, especially with content sites, because you're doing SEO, a lot doesn't happen at first and then it suddenly starts to take off. And so this is, so I guess you see that even with these big multi-million dollar ones, you know, these content sites are typically, would you say they're typically driven initially by passion people, people, their personal passion sites? Uh, For the most part, yeah. Unless you're an acquisition entrepreneur like Lisa, where she bought it uh, and then she's building it. Um, Victor, who we talk about, uh, bought yeah. every one of his yep. businesses, his content sites, um, and then built them and sold them. My wife is, you know, she has a content site out of passion. 
right? Yep. Because it's a subject that was near and dear to her heart. So she writes on it on a regular basis, but it's for the most part, if, if it's something you're passionate about, yes. But if you're an acquisition entrepreneur, it's, uh, it's a different story altogether. And have you seen any niches? Like, are there any standout niches or is it all just weird and wonderful niches? What, what do you see working to, in getting into the seven figure stuff? Can you give yeah, us any clues so, there, Joe? What, what, are you, what, what are you allowed to say there? They're all weird and wonderful. Let's put it okay. that way, right? So <laughs> if you build it right, there's going to be a buyer for it. Um, yeah. If it's trending in the right direction and it's if, if the risk is low, if the growth is strong, if the transferability is 100% transferable, and if you document the financials and all the data and SOPs that you do, it's a sellable business. Uh, and they're all weird and wonderful. And as, as I look over here at things that sold recently, we're talking about uh, jazz lessons, food recipes, um, food recipes, again, uh, guns, celebrity style, uh, watercolor paintings, jobs and portfolios and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's all over the place. But yeah. people always say what niche always stands out and where you, know, where you get more offers than anything else. Um, it's for me, it's always pets. It's always dogs oh. and cats and animal related stuff. Yep. There's just yep. such a passion for it um, that, uh, you know, it's... the highest multiple we had last year of any listing uh, was uh, from a pet related business. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I yeah. guess, you know, especially with COVID, we're, we're reading, you know, pet, pets are the new kids. Um, it's become even bigger now. And they cost a lot of money, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I've got two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, that's true. And I, I guess to yeah, niches. Yeah, you mentioned watercolor painting, hunting. Um, I would imagine in America, hunting would be an absolutely awesome niche because it's a that's a I mean worldwide, but particularly in countries like Australia and America and Canada, that would be a evergreen niche. Um, I've got really, we've got a few clients in that space. Yeah, it could be. It could be just about anything, you know. Yeah, um, just about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, it really doesn't. And we just want to make sure it's it's. it's you want to make sure it's a niche that would be obviously big enough. Um, yeah. You know, you can't do something that's got such a small market. It's never going to get very sizable if that's the case. So, looking at building a content site for a multi-million-dollar exit, we need to be thinking we've got to have enough time to do it. You can't easily short circuit that unless you're like Victor and you do you're an exitpreneur, like in your book where you flip and you, you keep buying and flipping and getting bigger. He, now he did it in five years, didn't he? But if, yeah, but he, if, he went from, he went from pretty much flat broke single dad um, to uh, you know, an eight, almost an eight figure exit in a total of seven years. I think it was, okay. seven but, but the, the last one that he sold um, he had that one for, I think less than three years before he ended up, selling oh, yeah. it three years um, but it was something that was just incredibly scalable it was content okay. but it was content posted um and voraciously uh, posted daily and voraciously okay. uh, you know absorbed by the by the audience it was in the soap opera niche right so uh, people that were just <laughs> rabid fans wow um, yeah what talk about weird and wonderful niches you would never pick that so yeah so yeah. in order to do this they, in my opinion, they still need time, especially for a beginner, because you've got to learn how to do it. But you also need to be in a niche where there's got to be scope for for lots and lots of keywords and traffic 
you, you don't want to go too micro in if you're aiming at a big multi-million dollar exit. So, um, and I guess that's why, you know, uh, you should you proved me wrong again, Joe, at the event. Like, you know, recipe sites, one that I've traditionally said to people in our community, look, that that would be a challenging market because there is so much free info out there and, and they're huge. But I think one of the things that a lot of resonated with a lot of our group was too, you mentioned you don't have to be overly scared of competitive niches as well. Like the food recipe niche, you're seeing people in the content space still blitz it because there is that scope for so much content there. Yeah. As I, as I look over here and I'm looking at my other screen on the content transactions that closed last year, every single one of the niches were mm -hmm. very competitive, whether it's oh, yeah. celebrity related, hunting related, cooking, you know, things of that related, music related, um, fitness related, painting, uh, it, they're all competitive. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think the people who had the stick to or the tenacity that Lisa is showing yes. where she is doing it on a consistent, regular basis over time, right? The problem with most of us today is we get, you know, shiny object syndrome yep. and just get distracted and let it go because it didn't, it didn't provide instant gratification. That's the challenge in today's yeah. world. And, and that, that's that what, too. that's, that's what we find. That's, that's, that's our main job. And that's why I love doing interviews like this with, with yourself, you know, to inspire these guys to, to go, look, if you just stick at it, this works. You've got to have this long-term plan. And I know that with content sites, but you do have to stick at it. And within these niches, um, do people take a unique angle as well? Because say, I know you mentioned the food blog, like I think you were saying there was some, you know, they, they did kind of niche down within it. It's not just always broad, is it? Like they pick yeah. gluten they may, or paleo. You know, in terms of low-cost meals or gluten-free cooking or, you know, it yeah. can get very niche-oriented. Um, but look, I want to say something in regards to, you know, these big content exits. Um, uh, every, big is relative, okay? Yeah. So somebody yeah. that bought something for a couple of thousand dollars, if they want to have a $50,000 exit, that's a huge win, Absolutely. right? That's an incredible yep. return on investment. You don't have yep. to have this... 4 million, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million exit. And I'm looking at the numbers over here. You, you know, I, I also see $81,988. I don't know why that, how they came up with that price. There's actually 25 cents on there too, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, somebody sold something for, you know, roughly $82,000. Yeah. That's a, that's a big win for somebody. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it's all there and, and big is relative, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't think people need to necessarily shoot for that seven figure exit. What they really need to do is to shoot for an exit. That's going to work for them. Understand, yep. you know, how long it will take. And that's what your expertise is, but then sort of reverse engineering a path to that exit. If I, if I do want to sell for a million bucks, how much do I have to have in discretionary earnings, right? Do you yep. need to be where Lisa is at $35,000 a month in revenue? If it's a content site, do the math. It's probably 80 to 90% profit. That's a million dollar exit all day long. So you get a reverse engineer path to that, whatever your goal is, whether it's five figures, six figures or seven figures. Yeah. And that just reminded me of something that you shared on the weekend as well with our guys. Um, reverse engineering that exit 
there was another really important aspect to that that you shared with everyone uh, um, when you're goal setting. It's not just about the numbers all the time, is it? No, 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 no. It's always, look, as entrepreneurs, if you've done this long enough, you're going to have really (laughs) amazing years and some carry forward losses years, right? It's terrible to be excited about a carry forward loss on your tax returns, but I've, I've had years like that. So in the book, I talk about setting goals with dollars, date, and feelings. That's it. <clears throat> and the feelings part, yeah, I think is really, really critical because it, it, when you, if you have a goal to exit for $100,000 and it, hold on a second, I just have to take a sip of water here. It's, I want to, or I, I will sell my business for a million dollars in the third quarter of 2023. And when I do, I will feel unburden because I'll be out of debt, have money in the bank and get to take that two month RV trip. Yeah. You get very specific like that with your goals and it will help you achieve them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that is such an important part of goal setting as well. It's one of the things that Liz is, Liz loves teaching too. She's really big on getting people to think about their feelings for the goals that they're striving for in life. And, and it's just really interesting to hear it from you to say, as an exitpreneur, you know, when you're coming to selling your website, you need to, that's a really smart way to reverse engineer that exit as well. When you're planning it all out, be thinking about the feelings that you want when you get that six figure or seven figure exit. And share your goals with your colleagues or friends and make them hold you accountable. When I've wanted to write a book for a long time, I never got off my ass to do it. I'd get started, (laughs) but I wouldn't finish it. Right? It's a lot of work. Oh, and finally, I was sitting around a fire pit with some friends. I said, listen, I have an announcement to make. Bruce and Dana, I'm writing a book. I'm going to write a book and it's going to be done by X date. And you know, I want you to ask me about it on a regular basis. And oh, when they asked me and I got nowhere, I thought I have to really get off my ass and do this. Yeah. Right. And so I would share your goals with people that will hold you accountable. It's Studies have shown that it's you're much more likely to uh, be successful with your goals if you share them yeah. with somebody else. First, write them down, then share them with somebody else. That will be accountable. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant, brilliant advice, especially with with um, <laughs> if you've got a big if you've got the big goal that you're going forward with websites and you're in a safe community, you can you know, in our community you can have a chat to other people about what your goals are with your sites. Um, it's a fantastic bit of advice. So, Joe, one of the now that we've been through this amazing growth period, what do you do? You have any in like any predictions for the next five years, say with content sites? Because we're we're getting people, they get we're you know they're committing to this for the next two, three, five years of their lives. Do do you see any trends with content sites over the next five years? Yeah, well, if we have anything to say about it, we as in quiet like the. Um the 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 sellability of them is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. The, the challenge okay. sometimes is that people that own certain types of sites don't realize they have a sellable asset. Mm. And, you know, we know that content sites are very sellable. Most people think e-commerce when they've got an online business, they've got yeah. physical products and it's a sellable business. There's also yeah. SaaS and content and service, but the content side of it, we have a goal internally at QuietLight to have that grow pretty dramatically okay. over the next five years. So, but, but if it's like anything else, uh, if, if you just look back, you know, a decade ago, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, 2012, 
the average deal size was 125,000. Yep. It was, could we even sell online businesses? What's the risk here? Are they going to shut down the next day? You know, what's the multiple? Now we're all a little bit more mature. We've got some gray on the chin. Um, if we look <laughs> forward five years, you know, there's just more mature people building good quality businesses yeah. that are going to hold more value in terms of the multiple and in terms of the size of the businesses as well, right? Our transaction size has grown tenfold. And it's not because we're amazing. It's because the businesses that we're working with have grown up and grown in size as well. And that I think will just continue. And I think that um, the content part of it is is going to accelerate a little faster than e-commerce side of it, because I don't think it's caught up as awesome. much with the e-commerce side. Yeah. Cause it, so you're seeing these corporates now get into yeah, it's actively looking for good content sites as well. Yeah, when it comes to private equity firms that are yeah. sort of dipping down into our space, you know, in the sub $25 million range, uh, million <laughs> yeah. dollar range, they're sort of dipping down in that yucky area. Um, yeah. If they have a portfolio of e-commerce businesses selling mm. grilling aprons and grilling accessories, wouldn't it be great if they had content sites that would yeah. drive traffic to those as well? The answer is yes. Okay. They've already started out. The, uh, the, uh, FBA fulfilled by Amazon aggregators that are buying up these FBA businesses. Mm -hmm. They're not just buying those now. They're already looking at content sites that can drive traffic to their stores as well. So yeah. it's just going to continue to grow, in my opinion. That's a great opportunity. So what, what my advice to people would be, and I want to say a big thank you for sharing such awesome insights, Joe, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is if you are thinking of selling your content site, no matter what size it is, have a chat to the experts like Joe from Quiet Light um, in advance, well in advance. Don't wait for three years' time or five years' time. Get on the radar with, with you know, a great broker, website broker like Joe and start planning your exit now. Would you agree with that? It's important to plan the exit at least a year out, would you say? Yeah, I'd say six to 12 months out, you got to get the ball rolling, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to wake up and decide to sell your business. You're going to be emotionally tired, worn out, ready to sell. Yeah. And then you're going to have a call with somebody and say, this is great. You have all these strengths, but this weakness here is going to cut your multiple by half a point. And yeah. you're doing a half a million in discretionary earnings. So you're going to lose $250,000 in the sale of your business. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to wait another six to 12 months, we can fix that. And you're going to be like, no, nah, I got to go. I'm tired. So it's yeah. best to plan this in advance. And yeah, and, that, and, and that's what I like to encourage people to do. Obviously, you know, it, it's awesome that you've done this interview for our community. And obviously, guys, if I would recommend go and have a chat to Joe at Quiet Light or one of your team members, get, get in touch with Quiet Light. Um, if you're looking at, particularly if you're doing one, looking at doing one of those big exits, at, I reckon at 12 months out, have a chat and get this, get your website prepared for sale well in advance because you just heard it from Joe. It can make 250 grand's difference to you. And been there, done it, and seen it many a time where people, I, I forgot that, Joe, they'd suddenly decide they want to sell, they're tired, and they've had this vague plan that they would sell, but, yeah, they come to sell and they realise, oh, it's not quite right, but... I'll sell it anyway. I won't wait around another 12 months. And they've just done themselves out of you know six figures. It's no different than a house, right? If you're gonna if you if you're gonna sell your house, you're yeah. gonna fix it up. You're yep. gonna clean it up. You're gonna make yeah. it look nice. You're gonna paint certain rooms. 
um, neutralize it, right? Get it ready so it's easily transferable to a new owner and will appeal to the broadest uh, amount of buyers. A business is a lot more complicated. And so if you wait to the last minute, you can't fix those things. That's right. Um, so yeah, yeah, six to 12 months, but let's take it a step further. You know, a lot of people, you know, as you know, I've talked to 8,000 entrepreneurs one-on-one -on -one over the last decade. Um, yep. And the, we really know that there's millions of them out there. So there's lots of people that I haven't reached. So there's people that are listening to this that are like, yeah, okay, I'm really not ready to have that conversation with an advisor. So um, that's why I wrote the book, The Exopreneur's yes. Playbook. Yep. And I want to go ahead and offer the free digital copy. It's a real book, right? It's, hold on, let me see if I can grab a copy over here. It's, yes. it's a real book, right? Yeah. It's 300 pages of information on uh, building and, and selling your business for maximum value. Um, the digital copy. I've always said, if I can give it away for free, I will. And I can. I can. Digital copy of it. So if they go to exitpreneur.io yeah. forward slash e-business, exitpreneur.io forward slash e-business, they can download a digital copy of the book, read it on their Kindle, awesome. iBook, whatever it might be. How cool is that? How cool is that? Any of you listening, make sure you go. We'll put the, the link down in the bottom of the show notes here and you can grab yourself and highly recommend it because that, that lays it out what you need to have in place when you come to sell your website. I think that's a it's a fantastic resource. I know a lot of us have already read it here or, or have definitely downloaded. We've got to get everyone reading it though, Joe. And um, that's fantastic. I can write it. I can't make them read it, right? No, the that's right. There. They can choose to do what they want with it. <laughs> There's some awesome advice in there. And as always, I want to say a special big thank you, Joe, for coming along and, and sharing some um, just very inspirational insights for our for our community. It's really cool for us for us all to hear in down here in Australia with the eBusiness Institute and our digital investor community to see that there's a if we do want to do a big exit, seven and eight figure exit, there's a clear pathway over the next five years with these big content sites. But as Joe said, even if you just want to sell your site for 100 grand um, or 50 grand, there's an amazing opportunity out there with content sites. So um, get out there, take some action, and a big thank you, Joe Valley from Quiet Light. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. You've been listening to a Digital Investors podcast with Matt and Liz Rad from the eBusiness Institute. If you'd like more great content, interviews, and inspiration, make sure you subscribe here in your podcast app or visit digitalinvestors.com for more insights into the future of investing online.